Pet Chat team, which of course comprises of, but not limited to, Cheryl Shaw. G'day, Cheryl. Hello there, Mark. And Dr. Kimberly Earl, ready to take those veterinarian type questions today. Absolutely. Hit me with them. All right. But first, as always, we're on Brooch Watch with Cheryl. Okay. What do you think, Mark? It's a galloping dog. Oh, but look what's on it. Bubbles. Bubbles. Oh, I know what that means. You stay sticking close to home territory today. Oh, yeah. We're just following on from last week. So last week we were talking about, you know, bathing dogs and how frequently you should do that. But today we're going to step through the correct process because a lot of people don't get bathing right. All right, so you just run a hose over it for a couple of minutes and then you... No, 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 no. Let's do it right. (laughs) We will do it right today. Cheryl Shaw is here, as is Kimberly Earl. And Jan from Spears Point, you're with us at the moment. You had to return a rag dog kitten, Jan. Say it isn't so. It was a cat. A cat, yeah. A female cat. Okay, so tell us a little bit about it. So you got the cat. I bought the cat off a breeder and she's um, three, four-year-old. Okay. And um, I got her to get me the same kitty litter they use and the feed by the feed, and she changed her over to the feed that I would feed her on. Yep. And, um, yeah, so I, she got everything for me. So I, I purchased the cat, and um, a friend of mine went and picked her up, and I had her for six weeks. And then during that six weeks, um, there's no way she... She sort of went from my bedroom up the hallway under the coffee table in the corner, and there she stayed for the duration of six weeks mm-hmm. and would only come out after, you know, dark when nobody was around. Mm-hmm. If anyone went near her, she would dart back under there and stay there. Right. And I was wondering what I've done wrong because, um, you know, I couldn't catch her, and um, I'm, I'm sort of, I, I don't, I can't get around well, so I couldn't bend over. To, to try and drag her out, so to speak, under the coffee table. But, yeah, I kept her for six weeks and she still didn't look any closer to settling. Right. And you don't have any other dogs or cats in the house? No, or nothing. Just her? It was yeah. only me, but I yeah. do have, um, yeah, a cat, I've got a, cl- a cleaner that comes in and, mm. um, you know... So, I mean, ragdolls are, um, they can be uh, cats that are prone to some anxiety issues. Um, and unfortunately, in a cat in that situation where she's already a mature age cat, she's lived in the same home for, you know, all the time. Sometimes no, they're she not. She was used as a breeder and she was just yep. not long before I got yep. her. But she was I, with the breeder for that whole time, right? So she hasn't. No. They, no? The breeder was the second home. Oh. She purchased her of someone okay. else. I don't know what age, but she must yep. have been mature age. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so, it, it to me sounds like she wasn't socialised very well as a young kitten, um, that she hadn't learned necessarily to cope with new and um, novel situations in her life. Um, and then the other thing is that when you've brought her home, she's potentially, that the new location is potentially overwhelming for her. Um, so we often do talk about bringing a new cat into an environment where we just bring them into a, a nice small enclosed space where they can um, obviously have a place to hide but have easy access to food and water and a litter box in a nice enclosed space. We would often encourage using something like um, a pheromone diffuser so that you've got that. some good. I, yep. I went to the vet. I got a spray. Mm-hmm. A yeah. spray but the thing is, um, the breeder did tell me, in all mm-hmm. honesty, to keep her in a small enclosed space. Yep. But um, it wasn't it wasn't uh, feasible to sort of shut the door on the bedroom. It would have been too small. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's only for a temporary sort of situation. So like a small bedroom or a small bathroom is actually perfect because the cat needs to learn um, and feel secure in a small area before they start to 
be brave enough to explore the, the wider environment. And so probably what's happened is she's just been overwhelmed. She doesn't have a good map in her head of where the areas are that are safe. So she's just found, she's fixated on that um, coffee table, going underneath the coffee table, because they like to go into a nice sort of enclosed sort of space where she can watch the world. So she can probably turn around and watch the feet going past from all different angles. Um, it's in the corner and the uh, coffee table in the corner. Of the yeah. So nothing can sneak up behind small. her. Yeah. It's only a very small dwelling. It's sort of like a very small unit. So yes, yeah, yeah. It wasn't the run of the whole house. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would say in this situation, it's probably a combination of the fact that it's the wrong cat for your situation because I don't think that that cat who obviously was an anxious cat um, probably hasn't been socialized very well as a kitten particularly if she's been used as a breeder that that is unfortunately quite common um, and you know and then we've probably yeah let her have a little bit too much space which has sort of been a bit overwhelming for her now you know if you had given her eight weeks 12 weeks six months she may have come out of her shell but obviously that's pretty tricky um, for you, and it's not necessarily a, a, a great way of life for her either. So, you know, I guess some suggestions would be to potentially try um, a maybe not a ragdoll because they can be quite um, sensitive, you know, sort of cats. Potentially a kitten, although there's there's some downsides to kittens as well. No, I want a mature um, cat. I don't want to start off with a kitten. Yeah. Like, I tried to get a rescue cat, and it's not as easy as they say. I tried for four of them and missed out. So right, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, if you look at the RSPCA, things like that, they've got quite a few rescue cats there. But you're really going to want to look for a cat who's an outgoing personality, you know, who's who will come up to you, um, you know, m move towards you rather than sort of go away and, and hide in that sort of situation. Um, and then, you know, just sometimes have another try. Um, use the Feliway spray, um, the pheromone diffuser. If you can, you know, for the first five to seven days, a nice small enclosed room, even if it's just a small bedroom, that's okay. The cat will just, you know, learn the lay of the land in that room. As long as it's big enough for a litter tray and some food and water and um, a cat scratching post or a hiding hole, something like that, so the cat can feel really comfortable and really get familiar with that place it's not forever it's just to give them a sense of security in that small yeah. space and then allow them to venture out on their own terms and the other thing is what makes a cat um do its um like poos outside the kitty litter even though the kitty litter was changed on a very regular basis and that mm. just uh, that's that's likely to be anxiety yeah oh, nerves and anxiety okay. yeah yeah put another kitty litter down beside Good. Where she was going, it didn't make any difference. Yeah. Anyway, thank, would that cat eventually have come good? Do you think? I sort of uh, feel hard I've to given say. Up too easy. Hard to say. May not. May not. Uh, okay. It's hard to say. No worries, Jen. Two eighty RFM one hundred three point seven. As we continue with pet chat, ladies, it looks like we might be kitty cat fever today. Cat Ooh. day. Every day is cat day. Every day is a good day when every day is cat day, I reckon. Mark loves his cats. G'day, Marjorie at Mayfield. Uh, you have a fussy eater at your house today. Yes. So tell us what's happened, Marjorie. Okay, she's just turned one. Mm -hmm. And at Christmas time, we um, she was given a few prawns and now she's got that way. She refuses to eat anything but prawns. <laughs> Oh, dear. She's a cat with a high-class taste. Um, it's like on those ads for cat when, food, you know. They yeah. <laughs> when you say she refuses to eat anything but prawns, like what are we offering her that's not prawns? Well, I've bought the, um, you know, you, you buy the, um, the strips of meat, mm -hmm. that, you know, like a cat and those yep. sort of things. Yeah. 
Um, she might, she might, she'll have a lick and then maybe a bite and then turn it to go away and mm-hmm. won't touch it again. Yeah. Um, I've tried the, the pouches of cat food. Um, she will have a lick of the ones with the, in jelly, mm-hmm. same thing. She has a lick and maybe a bite and won't touch and it again. Away. Yep. Um, she has started to have a couple of pieces of um, dry cat food, but mm-hmm, she only ever eats about two or three. Yeah. Um, she will eat that you can get dry treats with the filling in them. She will mm-hmm. eat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Okay. And so I you're still you're still giving her prawns every day then? Yeah, she yeah. has about she has them about four times a day. Four times a day. Okay. Um, if you were to not give her the prawns, how 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 long have you tried to not give her the prawns for? I guess she's she's obviously developed a taste for the prawns. Okay. Um, it's actually not a very good diet for her. You're you're not helping her out here. You're not giving her a very balanced diet. So you actually just need to stop. Um, and you're probably going to need to let her get a little bit hungry. Um, mm-hmm. If she's a young, well cat, she's highly unlikely to starve herself to death, okay? So there's an old adage that says you can't starve a dog to death. You can starve a cat to death in some cases. Sometimes cats will just go, no, nah, I'm not going to eat what you have on offer. But it's highly unlikely in a really young cat um, where you are, you know, you stop, where you put lots of things out for her and you might need to give her a little kitty smorgasbord um, so she's got choice. Cats like to have choice. They're not like dogs that will just eat whatever's in front of them. Um, so, but but really, you you just kind of just need to stop or at least you need to cut down and wean her off of it because it's not a good diet for her. You're not actually doing her any favors. Um, we, we do know that cats do often have a preference for fish and fishy-based foods and that that can sometimes turn them off of foods that are um, chicken or, or other meat-based. Um, and so you've probably, you know, not helped yourself out that way a little bit but I would um do that I would I would each day let's cut her down to one prawn a day and put out a small smorgasbord of different foods now when I say small I mean a teaspoon of two or three different foods and a little bit of dry food and just like be a little bit tough on her okay you're just going to have to let her get a little bit hungry before you give up on her. She's a nice young cat, so it's highly unlikely. I would never recommend doing this for an older cat, like a, a, a geriatric cat. Um, we, we would try to find different ways around it. But for a nice young cat who's become a fussy eater because we've fed her something, you know, that obviously is very tasty but isn't very healthy, um, I think we can probably afford to be a little bit tough on her. I don't want to see her losing significant amounts of weight, though. And if she's gone for more than three days without eating properly, um, you know, if, if she really hasn't eaten anything except her allotment of one prawn a day for three days, um, then you may need to take her up to your local vet and just get them to check her out and make sure that there isn't something else going on. She's not having any troubles with vomiting or anything like that? No. No. Okay. I, did try, I did try cutting up prawns, you know, a couple of prawns very small and mixing them up with a teaspoon of, um, you know, like the, the meat. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't wouldn't even touch them with that. Yeah, with the yeah. I mean, it's it. You've probably created a little bit of a prawn addict. You you may have to go cold turkey on her, like quitting smoking. Um, but I would start with first, you know, cutting her down and being a bit tough on her, cutting her down to one prawn a day. I wouldn't mix the prawn in because then she's going to keep looking for the prawn. 
Um, so I would, you know, feed her the prawn separately and then here you go, sweetheart. This is what else you have available, you know, sort of for you. But just keep an eye that make sure she isn't losing weight and that she isn't actually starving herself. It can take a little bit of time. Um, once you see that she is eating other things and you said she's eating a bit of biscuits, that that's fine. Then just stop. We're, we're trying to get her off of the prawn, you know, relatively quickly. Yeah. Okay. Okay then. Good luck, well, Marjorie. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, all the best with that, uh, Marjorie. G'day, Helen at Raymond Terrace. You have a uh, rescue kitten that's uh, suckling on, on her neck, and now you want to get her to try and stop there, Helen. Yes, please. Hi, Helen. How how old is the kitten now? Uh, she's six months old now. I've got two, I've got two at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Uh, both absolutely beautiful, loving kittens, and they love each other. They bonded well. Um, just what I need is, as assistance cat, shall we say. Yeah. But um, to me, uh, it would seem that she must have been taken from her mother too soon. I received, they were three months old when I got them, and they come from a rescue home in uh, Sydney. So I got them yep. from Rutherford at RSPCA. Um, and I mean, that's what makes sense to me. And when I've talked to others, they think the same thing, that yeah. she must have been taken off her mother too soon. Yeah. So... And what there's lots does. of reasons. Yeah, there's lots of reasons that um, rescue kittens end up, you know, being bottle fed and and actually um, suckling and like persistent suckling and other oral stimulations or oral um, almost um, obsessions is actually a known thing in kittens who have been um, hand reared, bottle reared. It's it's actually a really common thing. Um, yeah. It can be quite difficult to get her to stop completely. A lot of them will start sucking on blankets. Um, pieces of fabric, you know, corners of pillows, that sort of thing. Um, but you certainly don't want her doing it on your neck, obviously. She's she's <laughs> looking at that as a soothing, you know, sort of thing. So I would try to redirect her if you can, um, you know, somewhere else. When she's, when she's doing it sort of to you, we would want to sort of try to redirect her um, into a bed or a play area or maybe onto a nice comfy spot um, high up on a cat um, scratching post or cat perch that she likes, that she feels comfortable with because it's basically a self-soothing sort of behavior that she's doing, right? She's getting a lot of, um, you know, probably endorphins and an oxytocin release from from doing that behavior. It's making her feel comfortable about things. Um She's getting on with the other kitten, you said? They've bonded oh, well? Oh, yes, they bonded instantly. Yeah. And they, does, she, they does just... she suckle the other kitten? No, they wash each other. So she doesn't Good. do it anything else except me. And mm. if I redirect her, like I'll just gently move mm. her because um, I have a bad back, so I sit a fair bit. And um, so I will just move her somewhere else. But the thing is, or I'll put something around my neck. Yep. The thing is, she will then chew on me somewhere else. And it tends to be something, a skin lesion or a mole or something like that. So yeah, okay. I, <laughs> yeah. So she will come and sit next to me now and then she just sits there and looks at me. Yeah. And then one little paw will come out inside the lounge. She says so she kind of becomes, if she's going to get that, because I do like the stop, you know, she goes, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just not going away. She's still, if I don't have anything mine around my neck, and especially if I'm having a nanny nap, you know, yeah. I can hear her coming. She's got a huge purr, <laughs> and she just comes, and she, she wants to sit on my chest the whole time, which is, I have an esophageal spasm, so it's not ideal. It puts me in pain. No, so. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I gently redirect her. She's not chewing on, well, other than normal chewing stuff, but mm-hmm. she's not sucking on anything else except me. On you. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, she's obviously fixating a little bit on you, I'd imagine, 
um, like a mother figure. I, I would imagine she's getting a lot of comfort from that. Um, it, it's going to be tricky. I, I suspect uh, maybe looking at, again, some pheromone um, therapy for her, you know, spraying a little comfy blanket or a little pillow, giving her a little bed area that you can spray regularly or have a, a diffuser going on in the house somewhere um, close to where that is that you can try to sort of redirect. And it's probably just going to be persistence, you know, in terms of uh, like, you know, as she goes to do it before she even gets into it, if you can, you know, just not push her away, but sort of, you know, re redirect her, push her away, put a, put something there like you're doing, put something around your neck or um, a blanket or something like that so she doesn't have access, you know, sort of to it. Or you might need yeah. to pick her up and, and, you know, bodily move her, you know, onto a bed, you know, away from you. Because I guess what we want to teach her is that you're happy to interact with her if she's interacting in an appropriate way, but if she's yeah. going to start suckling on you, you're going to be like, nah. If it was a mother cat, the mother cat would start to get rough with her right and say no nah, yeah. you're not going to do that so we don't recommend necessarily that um but you know giving her a little like you know pat with your finger and just sort of like move away like go to go away i'm not going to interact with you if that's how you're going to behave um is good and then when she's doing the right thing when she's sitting kindly in your lap and just calm you know patting her lots and things like that that's that's what we want to reinforce but as she starts to get into the licky sucky business we're just going to be like no nope, off you go, you know, go play on yeah. your own. That's not what you want just, to do. As I say, she does this sit there, she knows, mm. she looks, and I can I either do the mm -hmm. hand yep. or, or she gets the look and she goes, okay, I'll go somewhere else. Yeah, when I, <laughs> so I, I think you're doing all the right things. Would, I think you I just, just need to be persistent. going to make her too, um, well, I'm not offended, but, you know, that she would go, because she does tend to think she'll go and sit on the floor where the other one will be sitting in my lap or... Yeah between my legs, you know, so... That's um, okay. She'll, she'll work it out. Yeah. She'll work so it out. So we are right that it's usually that they've... Um, it's that suckling that they've missed out on. They've been yeah. separated to... Yeah, quite yeah. often. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's But they're really the cool. most beautiful loving kittens, That's you know, good. so, um, um, you know, it's just yeah. what I wanted. I had one prior to that, and she was the total opposite, and unfortunately I had to put her down. Yeah, yeah. Um, she got cancer when she was... Well, she wasn't even two years old, so... Oh, that's um, unfortunate. All right. But yeah. I've got these two beautiful loving kittens. Thank you very much for that. I was just clarifying that I am doing the right thing. So, yeah, sounds yeah. good. All right, best of luck with it, Helen. Now, uh, sure, we haven't had any dogs yet. so we haven't. It's a cat morning. Maybe there'll be some afternoon. Oh, maybe. it's afternoon, of <laughs> maybe course. Maybe there'll be some. <laughs> and look, we'll see if we can get to the washing, the dog, the right, and maybe a dog of the week. So I might even get you to read that, Cheryl, a little bit oh, later on. That's your role, Mark. Give, give me a break. <laughs> yeah, to a new RFM 103.7. We're just hanging and banging with the Pet Chat team today. It's Cheryl Shaw and uh, Dr. Kimberly Earl, because we haven't had the dog topic for you yet, Cheryl. So looks like you might be saving that up till next week at this stage. Sounds like a plan. We've got another um, story about a cat. What's going on? Well, look, Mandy from Wall's End, who uh, was on the lines, disappeared for us. But look, a new rescue kitten, but the one of the older cats is now hissing at everything uh, and everything, and all the older cats appear frightened of the kitten. <laughs> uh, take us through that, ladies. Yeah, so adding a new kitten into a household of mature age cats is uh, challenging and doesn't always go that well for the older cats. Um, so we know that cats are, um, they have a tendency to be a little bit passive aggressive sometimes, sometimes they're overtly aggressive, um, but they are very set in their ways. And we do find it can be really challenging to add a new kitten to a settled, stable cat home. 
Um, a lot of times the kittens will settle in. The kittens are quite adaptable and they're quite often looking for companionship. But the older cats are often not willing um, to take that new kitten sort of into the fold as such and we know that a lot of cats actually already live in multi-cat households where they don't actually get on very well with their other cats now they the owners may not actually see anything overt but we talk about cats forming cat families and you can't actually say that your cats like each other even if they don't overtly fight if they're not grooming each other so we call that allo grooming where they're um they're grooming each other back and forth and they're not just sleeping together um, but grooming they haven't formed a cat family if they're not doing that mutual grooming of each other so they might sleep on the same bed they might sleep on the same pillow but if you have cats that don't groom each other they consider themselves acquaintances and they're often not family or they're not even very friendly with each other so what we have is a situation where um, we've got some at least one or maybe two um, or more settled older cats Uh, Mandy has brought a new kitten into the fold now those cats depending on how long it's been those cats might learn to accept the new kitten but what we may find is that it's really really stressful sometimes for those older cats and bringing a new cat a new cat or kitten into the house often will cause a lot of um, anxiety-related problems. We can sometimes get over-grooming. We can get urinary tract problems where the older cats start to have um, urine that's got blood in it. They might stop using their litter trays normally. We need to make sure that we have a litter box for every cat plus one or at least every cat family so if mandy has two existing cats and they're groomers they they will groom each other they're happy and bonded to each other and they've got the new cat she needs at least three litter boxes because she's got at least two cat families but probably better would be four litter boxes so one for each cat plus a spare because they don't like to share litter boxes with cats that aren't in their same cat family Amazing how the stress just goes all the way back up the line on this, doesn't it? Totally, yeah, it totally does. So sometimes the older cats will adjust, sometimes they won't. But the same rules apply for what we spoke with um, the caller earlier about you want to give everybody in the house. So that new kitten really needs to be into a a fairly small enclosed space, so a single room with its own food and water, litter tray, cat scratching posts, things like that. And that's going to allow that kitten to acclimatize to that area, but it's also going to allow the other cats in the house to acclimatize to the new smells and sounds of the new kitten in the house before we just start letting them interact and interactions with new cats um, new kittens should always be supervised pretty closely and I wouldn't say that they should be allowed to interact without supervision so it's not really the right thing to do to leave everybody just free in the house and head off to work because occasionally we'll see quite bad injuries where an older cat has um, swiped at a younger kitten and we've got a claw to the eye um, or a bite or you know that sort of thing so it's not always straightforward and um, doesn't always work out. Lots of times it does, but it's not uncommon for it to take 6 to 12 months. Yeah, definitely the sort of thing we want to avoid. All right, best of luck with all of that, Mandy. Good times, great music and pet chatter too in your RFM 103.7. Dr. Kimberly Earless here, as is Cheryl Shaw. Cheryl, I know you wanted to get to dog grooming today. Again, that really is your backyard, but unfortunately you can put that topic away for, until next time. Sounds like a plan. Which I know you means you don't have to think about one for next week, so <laughs> it's a bit of a winner for everybody. G'day, Jason and Mary Lynn. We've finally got a dog question today. What's going on with your four-year-old female staffy there, Jace? Oh, she's got a little bit of a behavioural problem. When it comes, when she comes across another female dog, um, it's all growls, barking, and she'll even attack um, the female dog. Male dog she seems to be fine with, 
that the female dogs um, no, does not like. Um, when I picked this girl up, she was three and a half years of age, um, and the owner, the original owner, had bought sisters, and after three years, they started clashing. Mm-hmm. And the one that I've, I've taken now is the aggressive one that was attacking the other sister. Yep. And it just seems to be um, any female dogs. Mm. Is she dissexed or is she still an entire female? She's an entire female. She's currently on heat at the moment, actually. Mm-hmm. And do you find it gets worse when she's on heat and her hormones are raging a bit? Yeah, if anything, she's more sooky. Mm. But what about with yeah. the other dogs? Because that's um, not I, uncommon I, for, for a female entire, um, you know, to get a little bit more aggressive, I guess, when their hormones are sort of ramping up during that, that heat cycle. Okay. Um, well, my daughter's got a, a, a Labrador female too, and she's, nah, just doesn't like that one either. So mm. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would, there's, there's lots of different sort of ways to go about it. I mean, aggression in dogs is a hard um, thing to address in a, in a really short period of time. But to be yep. honest, the first place I would start would be to probably desex her um, yep. and take that out of there. And then, you know, when, when you have a situation where she has learned to fight or be aggressive with, um, you know, to whatever happened with the other dog, they've obviously, you know, started to not get on. And that yes. sometimes becomes a behavior habit. Um, that she's now carrying into other situations. So it takes okay. a little bit of work to try to, you know, get down, nut, nut, nut out what's happening, you know, sort of there. Um, yep. But we probably need to start with taking the hormones out of the situation. Has she okay. ever had a litter of pups that you're aware of? No, she hasn't. Okay, good. So that's fine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would say start start with that. Wait till her heat is finished, if you can, and yep. um, and then look at getting her desex. Um, and you probably need to start, you know, she's still a fairly young dog, but she's had four years to sort of develop this habit. So, you know, the, the things to do are, A, to be aware of it so that we're not letting her um, in an uncontrolled situation where she can get into any trouble with another dog. And then we yep. want to try to start creating a positive um, association between other female dogs. So it's perfect. If you've got a daughter who's got another dog, we want to get the two dogs together in neutral territory, not in your house, not in her house, somewhere sort of neutral, everybody on a leash and not too close because we don't want your dog to be too worked up, but we want yep. your dog to be seeing that the other dog is sort of nearby. And when she's nearby and your dog is calm, she gets to have some nice treats. And then we keep giving her treats while your daughter is slowly moving your her dog, her female dog, closer. But we have to stop when your dog starts to get more focused on the dog than she is on the treats, right? So the idea is to start slowly, slowly making a positive association between that dog and treats. And over time, this is not an afternoon's, you know, activity. This is a, you know, three times a week for three to six weeks, maybe, activity that we start to um, hopefully get to the point where those two dogs can, you know, be sitting side by side and be um, calm around each other and be tolerating each other. And hopefully they will learn to um, enjoy each other's company and then we start to work on like the next dog and hopefully through association of oh okay this is a female dog she's an entire dog she's not a threat to me and actually there's really good things that happen when she's around and we're going to try to now transfer that into um, the the next dog or, or another dog or dogs in general um, but a lot of times it has to do with keeping, you know, keeping them calm in, in all situations yep. with them. And do really being careful that it's under, Staffies have, 
and under controlled circumstances because staffies have big strong jaws and when things they they have a tendency to get very excited and she's already developed that habit of you know attacking rather than being calm so it, it takes a bit of work um yep. Where all else fails, not even where all else fails, it's not a bad idea to talk to your local vet about whether or not they feel that she would um, be suitable for some pharmaceutical assistance. Um, Prozac can be a really great drug in some of these dogs. Not that she necessarily needs to be on it for her whole entire life, but it can help her to relearn some of the bad habits and to be more calm in her environment. So when you're talking to them about desexing, have a chat with them about that as well. Best of luck with everything, Jason and Cheryl. That topic now, you can... Put it away for next week. So the smile <laughs> is ear to ear and around the back of the hair. So thanks, Cheryl Shaw. Appreciate Didn't have much for you today. No, no. But do we hear next week? Kimberly Earl, we basically loaded you up with mostly cat questions. That's but right. That's kind of cool. Oh, I like cats. All right, Pet Show back again next week at the same time. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>